Hello and welcome to episode three of series three of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. If you're listening to this in real time, if this is uh, February 2022 for you, I hope you're well. I hope everything is returning to some sense of normality. I know across the world there are various uh, different phases that we're going through still with regard to the the pandemic, Um, but I do see some green shoots of optimism coming out, uh, All uh, certainly in the UK anyway at the moment. I hope it's similar wherever you're listening to this. So, uh, coming up in the next episode of the show, just give you a little bit of a sneak peek. On the 1st of March, we have an interview with Dean Batson. Now, Dean Batson is out in the in the US and Dean is going to be talking to us all about how we can help our leaders to walk the talk. I think during the pandemic and regardless of the pandemic, I think the importance of leaders being there, being present, being authentic and actually demonstrating through their actions and behaviours their commitment to our purpose, our values, our vision is really important and Dean is going to be telling us all about that from his perspective. And then a fortnight after that, on the 15th of March, we have a uh, an interview which is actually was originally a LinkedIn Live event, and that's all going to be about hope, hopeful internal communication. So that's all in the context of how we build hope and optimism into our communications. Again, really important at the moment that we start to get people to get a sense of not unrealistic optimism, but some realistic uh, expectations about how things are going to be panning out, but also some some sense of optimism and direction for the future, some a vision for the future uh in uh, particularly as as i said as we come out of this this horrible two years that we've uh, we've all experienced so that's what we've got coming up in the next two shows just one other th- well two other things i just want to bring to your attention last time or for certainly for the last couple of episodes i've mentioned the fact that we are giving you an opportunity to complete a free diagnostic and a lot of people have already taken us up on that which is fantastic we've got some really uh, great response to that i we now have a shorter link so a shorter url a shorter domain name for you to remember it was a bit of a bit of a long one to try and remember particularly if you're listening to this on the go so if you want to fill in the pulse check as it's called it's a free diagnostic 24 questions takes you about 15 minutes to complete but at the end of it you will get a very detailed report with your results which will highlight to you the areas that you need to focus on or the areas where you have opportunities for improving communications and engagement, particularly in terms of helping people to align people to your your goals, your vision, your values, your strategy, and also to align in actions and behaviours around that. So, so that is the diagnostic. It's totally free. You fill it in. You will get a PDF sent through to you via email. Obviously, you'll need to give us your email address so we can send that to you, and that will come through pretty much straight away after you you've finished it. So if you want to complete that diagnostic, as I say, completely free, you need to go across to Pulse hyphen check dot co dot uk so that's pulse hyphen or dash pulse hyphen check dot co 
uk and that will take you to the the pulse check where you can you can complete that diagnostic as i said really relatively quick and simple to complete with a very detailed report at the end of it with some some recommendations and on the back of that we'll get in touch with you after you've completed it it's totally optional you're not obliged to do this we'll get in touch with you to offer you a, a free call with me or someone from my team who can go through your results with you and just have a chat about what what it is you could do to maybe make some impact in some of the areas that you've identified that's not that is op- that is completely optional we won't you're not f- obliged to have that conversation with us but again it's totally free so that's that's uh, the pulse check just one other thing to bring to your attention and then I'll let let you listen to today's interview we have another of, fr- of our free events coming up in uh, on the 3rd of March uh, which is a health and safety event. So if you're involved in health and safety, you're helping your colleagues communicate health and safety, or you're involved with an organisation where health and safety is a real key priority for you at the moment, you might find this useful. The, the the webinar is called Transforming Health and Safety Communications and Training. So basically what we're looking at is how can we make our health and safety training and communications a little bit more interesting, a little bit more exciting than the usual stuff that we put out when it comes to this, this particular topic and how we can really get people's hearts and minds so that is on the 3rd of march it's a free webinar it's at three o'clock in the afternoon uk time and if you want to book up or if you know anyone who might be interested in booking up to that if they send them across to our website thebigpicturepeople.co.uk on the top of the webs on our web page on our pop of our home page or on every page you'll see there is an events tab if you click on events it's the first event that is listed on on the uh, our our upcoming events. There are events on there that might be of interest to you as well, but that's the next one that we've got coming up. You can get more information about the event and you can book via the link there, which will take you to Zoom. It's a Zoom webinar event that we are running. So that's uh, that's the two things I just wanted to bring to your attention: the pulse check and the uh, the webinar that we're running on the third of March. So I'll let you listen to today's interviewee. <laughs> In this third series of the podcast, we're looking at organisational change and particularly the role that we as internal communicators and employee gauges have in driving organisational change and in driving transformational change within our organisations. I've worked with organisations that have been looking at transformational change for a number of years now and one of the biggest challenges that they often face is how do we develop a sense of urgency within our organisation? How do we help people to recognise that there is a need for change, that we need to look at different ways of doing what we've always done and to transform our working practices, our culture, our values and whatever elements that they decided are part of that transformation process. One of the issues I think that organisations face with this though is that we are often looking at this from the perspective of our own our own way of looking at the world, our leader's way of looking at the world, which might be very much focused on the future of the organisation, taking the organisation f- forward. But as many of us know, as internal communicators and, and working in employee engagement and with people, is that that not everybody universally in the organisation is 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 as enthusiastic about that change. And that's not because they're, they're negative or because they're laggards. It's just because they're thinking of different things. They're thinking maybe of what it is that, what is it that we're going to have to lose? Am I going to lose state? 
status? Am I going to lose something that I've maybe spent years of my career building up? Um, and is that how is that going to impact on me? Which are all legitimate questions that as communicators we need to be able to answer. So in today's interview, I wanted to bring in someone who could really help us to think about what are those different perspectives that we have to be mindful of within the organization, those different ways of looking at the same situation that might mean that we have to adjust our tone, our content, and the way that we communicate to the different audiences that we have within our organization. I'm sure we're all familiar with segmentation of different groups and different communications, but this is applying a more scientific approach. So so my interviewee today is going to share with us 25 years of experience of, of, of really looking at the language patterns and also the way that we think about different mindsets within the organization that we're communicating to and put us put this together into a really impressive body of work. So um, some of the terminology that you'll be hearing about is 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 maybe so, some some of the language that we may not always use as internal communicators, but it's very accessible. And if you think about it and, and spend some time really thinking about the people you know who you work with in your organization how they fit into these different ways of thinking and looking at change i'm sure you'll start to see that actually this is a really powerful way of being able to um, adapt and transform the way that we communicate with our people so let's uh, go on to the interview itself my guest in today's interview is John Fury. John is the founder of the MindTime Foundation. John has spent the last 25 years developing MindTime, which is a revolutionary framework of human perception and thinking. This work has been done in conjunction with scientists, academics, thought leaders, psychologists, management experts, and designers. John and his colleagues have conducted significant scientific experiments and commercial studies and have published in peer review journals. So good day, John. How are you? Hello. I'm doing really well, Craig. Thank you. And just for our listeners, whereabouts are you in the world at the moment? Ooh, touchy subject, Craig. I'm actually speaking to you from Samos. It's an island in Greece. But I do assure you, it's cloudy, raining and cold. So no jealousy needed. No jealousy needed. No, and as I said to to be before, we're I'm I'm recording at the moment in a very cold and snowy north of England at the moment, so I'm not at all jealous. And uh, and as I said, uh, it's a relief that it's not a sunny blue sky in in uh, Greece at the moment. But uh, no, no, <laughs> horrible, 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 horrible here. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I remember going to Athens once, and it's snowing and 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 being absolute cha- absolutely chaotic. It was in January, totally. and uh, and so it does snow in Greece, and it does it, 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 it does rain in it Greece. does it even snows <laughs> on this island. <laughs> Excellent. So, John, tell us a little bit more about your background and and what you're doing now about my, the Mountime the Mindtime Foundation and and the, and the amazing work that you're doing and how you ended up doing that. I'd really liked a little bit of a story about about how you've ended up in this in this line of work. Well, thank you. And first of all, Craig, thanks for having me on your show. It's it's a real honor. Um, I started out, as you may be able to tell from just the way I speak, with a sort of a good English education. And <laughs> after that education, uh, a desire to explore the world, really. I spent four years of my uh, early 20s in Africa. And as I was leaving there in 1986, I was on my way to America then. I decided that was the next stop. I was really profoundly moved by a question I had which was how, how had so few managed to dominate so many for so long? Mm. I mean, that, that, I mean, a young guy, very impressionable, been in the Sudan, uh, then Kenya, a coup in Kenya, civil war in Sudan, down to South Africa, apartheid collapsing around me. And it was like, wow, how, how did this all happen? 
So when I arrived in America, I really threw myself into reading what I could about people, human nature, psychology, a whole bunch of new age stuff, just to keep an open mind. Mm. And I, most importantly, I was really scratching away at my own head, trying to understand myself. And in 1993, I had an insight that was to literally catapult me into the world of cognition, perception, motivation, and, and in fact, what I now think of as human thought. And that insight really was that all, all human thinking has three foundational forces at work in the perspectives of time. And that was the genesis of mind time, as you can probably tell from the name, mind time. Mm. So what's funny now is I look back, it really shouldn't have been a surprise at the time because the framework of thought is after all called temporality. And the word tempus does, after all, mean in Latin, time, as mm. in tempus fugit. Mm. So that, that was the sort of the, the genesis moment. And um, from that point forward, I literally fell into it. And it was my, my particular uh, hold into Wonderland, if you will. Mm. Excellent. And, and, and at the time when you, when you were, when you were working, when you found that this kind of epiphany, what were, were, were you, were you, were you work, working in a corporate environment? Were you working as a consultant then? What, what sort of things were you doing then? And that allowed you to be able to have this time to, to use the word yeah. time there to explore mind time and this concept of mind time. <laughs> Great question. I, I actually was working for myself. I had just set up a little consultancy and um, <clears throat> had a few clients. And one client, really interesting, a chap by the name of David Molfinch, who ran a, a large commercial projects construction company. And he was actually the founder of Capital Radio in London, believe it or not. Right. And he, he had asked me to do a project with him. Um, and at the end of it, he says to me, he says, you know, John, you, you should stop all of this marketing and design conceptualization stuff. And you really should focus on people because there's something you know about people that really, really has impressed me. Yeah. And, and that was one, one of those like beautiful gifts from a, a mentor saying, go that way. Yeah. You can do that well. Yeah. And so I did. Yeah. And, and that's really what happened. So I, I really pivoted, a uh, word we didn't use back then, but I pivoted my little consultancy from more of a marketing and conceptual design agency. Yeah into uh, something that became a consultancy around human resources and people. Okay. Okay. And, and what sort of organizations are you, are you working with currently? If you, if you're able to divulge any, any, uh, any, any, you don't have to give any names, but what sort of sectors and sizes of organizations? Sure. Working with? Yes, no, absolutely. Mm. Um, quite diverse universities, mm. um, large, large financial uh, services institutions in America, mm. um, just in the beginnings of conversations with a global entertainment company. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> very small companies. We have a, a client company just starting up in Switzerland. They, they make furniture and there's okay. only about 400 folks in that one. So size, size isn't really the thing for us. No. Um, no. It's effect. It's effect. Yeah. It's need. It's learning. It's discovery. It's collaboration. And actually for us, mostly it's having fun. Yeah. It's just enjoying the engagement. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Good. So, uh, I, I, and that, that's, that's, that's brilliant. So in terms of, um, a little bit more context around what it is we're going to be talking about. So one of the areas that I, I wanted to, to speak to you about today was this idea of, of language and the importance of language mm. and particularly, particularly the language that we use in our organizations and, and, and being even more specific around change and transforma transformations and transformational change. So just to sort of get leaders into that then, could, could, could you, could you give me a little bit of a, uh, or the listener, an idea of what it is we're talking about when we're thinking about language and how that plays into 
change communications and why we need to be more thoughtful about about the way that we communicate and the language that we use. So that might give me a, a kind of a platform to just maybe talk a little bit more about your yeah. framework and your models too. Yeah, okay, super. Yes. Um, maybe the way I can address it is by saying this. Look, in any given audience that you're trying to address with your messaging, whatever that is, internal or external, but in any given audience, there are, are really two basic thought directions that people mm. can be moving in when responding to your message. They can either have an open, curious, and even an eager approach moving towards what it is you're saying. In other words, like, a, oh, yeah, that's great. I want to do that. Mm. Or they can be less open and maybe even skeptical or unsure. Mm. And that approach, if you will, that, that sort of tendency to put the brakes on and to not trust what's being said, that moving away from, is, is that other motion? So we got this like towards yesness. Yes, I want to do that. And the sort of no, mm, maybe I don't know enough yet. Mm. And of course, there are those who simply remain unmoved. They're not moving forwards or away from. They're just waiting to see what happens. Yeah. So those who move towards have a completely different set of needs that must be fulfilled by communications than those moving away. They're, they're, they're fundamentally different mental mindsets. Yeah. So in the moving towards lot, there's always a lot of keenness to explore the new towards change, novel ideas, and excitement. So messaging, which is going to be effective, needs to be exciting and celebrate possibilities. That sort of thing is going to land really well for those people. But it will not, absolutely will not land for those people who have this uh, counterpoise to that, which is a real need for information, authority behind the information, reason, uh, more time to reflect and to understand what's being said, and, and kind of even allowing them to weigh the pros and cons and assess the potential risks. That's really what's going on behind the scenes. Mm. So a no from these folks actually doesn't usually mean no at all. It just means I don't know enough yet. Give me some time. Now, if on top of this, Craig, you, you throw just another layer of insight, which is to understand that there are those who are really in need of concrete examples. They, they need to bring it down to earth and make it practical, tangible. And there are those who are actually quite happy to exist in sort of world of abstraction and ideas and, and complex uh, thought structures. So if you take the no yes dynamic and the concrete abstract dynamic mm. what i've essentially just described there are these forces of time that act on us individually and more importantly collectively the audiences we're trying to message in fact mm. Mm. so if you're going to message an audience it really really pays to understand how they are in this in these two diagnostics, are, are these sort of a keen moving towards kind of group of people? In which case, go there. Use words about ideas, et cetera, et cetera. In fact, I've got a very brief example for you. Um, a client of ours in New York was testing. They're a global company. They were testing the advertisement. And the advertisement was basically, uh, what is your .NET idea? Mm. And they were trying to get engineers in Europe and uh, North America, engineers of, of, of software companies, to buy into the idea of purchasing .NET URLs. Mm. And they tried this, and it failed massively. And they came to us and said, well, we want to actually know why. So we ran some tests out in the marketplace. And lo and behold, it comes back that the very word idea is extremely, extremely demotivating for those no types who really mm. need concrete facts and everything else. So just in one word, you can really, really blow your communication out of the water if you're not aware of these dynamics. Excellent. So if I can just sort of summarize there, then I'm, I'm, 
uh, what I'm hearing then is is that in in our communications there's a tendency for more of us to to uh, be more favourable to a, a kind of more future focused towards the you, you know and I guess using a practical example. You know, we're going to be doing this re- this transformation and within the business. Uh, this will mean all sorts of opportunities, and that's what we might be thinking about if we're a towards person. Whereas if we're an away person, we might be more dwelling on well, that means we can't do this, or we'll have to stop doing this, or how how will that change things that I'm comfortable or more stable about? Is that is that is, is that is that a fair yeah, synopsis? Yeah, no, it is, but it's not just more comfortable and stable with. It's really about like, whoa, hang on a second. What do you really know about that? You're about to commit us to this mm. new direction. Okay, it okay. It doesn't sound like you've actually done any research or you've done your homework because I right. asked you a question and you just avoided it. That's, yes. that, that's what you're getting at. That's what you're getting yes. at. Okay, okay. And, I, and, and uh, I'm thinking, you know, comparing this with other frameworks and models that I'm familiar with, I'm thinking kind of Myers-Briggs, S and N, which is, you know, more sensing, need facts, need data versus N, which is intuitive, big picture, quite happy to sort of, you know, kind of make connections myself rather than have them made for me. Is, is that a, a fair, a fair analogy? Well, or is I'm, it glad, too- I'm glad you brought, I'm really glad you brought that up. Sorry to interrupt you there, man. Sure. I'm glad you brought that up because the very, very big difference between the trait-based models of personality, in other words, they're describing individual behaviors, sensing, yeah. intuiting, et cetera. Right? These are just behaviors. They're not related to each other. There's no connection between E and a J. No. So the big difference is, is that mind time is not measuring traits. Mm. Time is the fundamental framework that gives rise to those traits and those behaviors. So what we're mm-hmm. doing is we're getting behind, if you will, the magic veil, the curtain, and behind there, there's the little wizard with three, three levers, past, present, and future. And depending on the mix of those three things, it actually generates all of the behaviors you see in personality-based uh, indices and, and assessments. Yeah. So this is, a, this is another level down into the human psyche and a much, much simpler and more applicable, practical one for all, for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Okay. No, that, thank, thank you for that. And then I, I guess so I guess the, the premise is – behind your model then is that within organizations, within cultures, within organizations, there are populations with, with different, uh, patterns of, of preferences for these d- different aspects or, and I guess what, what, is it fair to say that no one individual, you know, I guess some of it is context specific. I might be towards in something in one area, but maybe a little bit more away from in another because of just my own personal experiences mm. and background, or is it, is it that it tends to Actually, be pretty- yeah. It's not actually context specific. Let me give you a very, very small example. Yeah. So I would be considered on the introvert extrovert scale, which is part of the Neo, the big five. Yeah. I would be considered an extrovert most of the time. Yeah. However, if you watch me when I'm around a bunch of academics and real wonks who know, know, know their facts, I mean, really know their stuff. Yeah. I become an introvert. Yeah. So it's not stable, is it? it no. That is context specific. Yeah. However, in both of those situations, sorry, rather, in that situation, I am always a future-thinking person who is trying to find the opportunity, right? Okay, trying to see the possibilities. Yeah, it's just I realize in the in the company of experts, the best possibility and opportunity is to actually shut up. Yeah, and in the context of people who want to hear a message, you want to be excited, you want to go do something, then I speak out. And I'm the yeah. extrovert. Yeah, yeah. Very similar to myself, actually, in that respect. So, uh, <laughs> uh, um, and and okay, so so um, th- that's that's really helpful. So let's let's just dial this then into some sort of practical examples. Then, so so if I'm an internal communicator and I'm thinking, uh, you know, I I want to do I want we've got a big 
a transformation project on the go, you know, uh, the, the, and I guess the sense, the sense that I, we often pick up in, in organizations is, you know, that the leadership team can get very, a bit carried away with the towards uh, mentality and, and can t- sometimes kind of oversell an idea and not actually kind of pressure test it in terms of who, who might have legitimate concerns about this, this journey that we're embarking upon. Uh, how might an internal communicator start to really say, well, hang on, let's think about this. You know, we've got different people within the organization, different backgrounds. How can we start to maybe think about balancing our communication so it's not all happy clappy towards, uh, not that all happy clappy, towards is all happy clappy. I don't mean that in, that, in, a, in a negative way. I mean more unrealistic optimism versus mm. a bit of realistic uh, your realistic optimism, I guess. How, do, how how would an organization start to use your framework to be able to sort of think about that? Well, I think first and foremost, I'd say that the organization needs to have the self-awareness to be able to understand, well, who who is in our organization? Yeah. So, you know, that's why we have a psychometric. We, we designed it specifically so that we could identify every individual's thinking style in this relativistic model. So we can see, relatively speaking, to that person, that person, that person, or that department, this is what's going on. So mm-hmm. that was the first thing. So firstly, the, the organization must have the courage to say, look, we, we, we need to do this properly and we need to stop and, and start at the beginning, which is, who are we? as individuals and collectively as teams, departments, and divisions, et cetera. Mm. Having mapped the thinking, because this is a systemic thing that we're mapping, we can get a really good understanding by individual, department, team, uh, division, et cetera. We can get a really good understanding of the mix, the proportions of past thinking, present thinking, and future thinking. And as you pointed out, we all blend these three perspectives of time. The big question is, what's the blend? How much past? How much present? How much future? Because that's Mm. what actually creates the individuality that Mm. is you and me. Mm. So by understanding that mix of not only the individual, but in the team, department, division, et cetera, then what we have is an understanding of how do I message into that particular part of my organization? So if you've got the leader sitting up on top and saying from one monotone voice, let's say that they are a very um, excited uh, Silicon Valley kind of entrepreneur. So here we go, big speech, uh, visionary. Everyone's like, whoa, whoa, that's fantastic. But there's a few people standing around going like, well, what exactly are you talking about? How do you think you're going to do that? Mm. And like, based on what? Where's the data that says you can get a rocket to Mars, Mr. Musk sort of thing? Mm. Mm. And and so what I'd say is that just the realization, just the awareness itself that the organization is made up of these differences and differences in thinking. And remember, everything that we do begins with the thought. So there there it goes. So the thought gets the words, the words get the behaviors. So you gotta you gotta engage with the thought. So let me give a little bit of insight, three three insights. Mm. People who predominantly use past thinking perspective in their thoughts need facts, need to understand, need proof need evidence, need authority, need validation. They're trying to reduce the risk of all of this for themselves personally and for the people around them. Here's the key. They're the ones who are perceived to be the naysayers and perceived to be slow. But the fact is, is that all they're trying to do is to reflect very carefully and consider in depth what's being said and by whom and should I believe it and will it work? I mean, that's at the end of the day, avoiding risks. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's your past thinking component. So you have a company with a lot of engineers, a lot of researchers, a lot of scientists, uh, legal profession, all of these that require this accuracy, this factualness, this down to earth reality making, if you will. Then you've got to speak to that set of thought patterns. 
Mm. Now, those who predominantly use present thinking perspective in their thoughts, they need structure, concreteness, plans, goals, reports, progress, timelines, schedules, all of the things that make it tangible and real. For these thinkers, it all needs to be brought down to practical, action-oriented level of communication. Mm. This is what we're doing. This is when we're doing it. This is how we're going to do it. This is who's doing it. And let's go one, two, three, start. Okay, mm. so that's very, very concrete. And the communication's got to be clear and practical. Now, let's talk about those future folks. Those who predominantly use future thinking on the other hand, now this lot are by nature open to new ideas and possibilities. So you've got no trouble whatsoever in getting them excited. Your your job here is not not getting them excited with a few words. It's giving them too many words, too much detail, too much plan, too much organization. That's what's going to kill a communication there. Mm. So for these folks, they thrive on, uh, if you will, the ethereal, the idea, just the inspiration, the mm. vision. And then they love to actually go and invent the rest of it themselves. They're, they're very challenge-oriented in, in the sense. That's what motivates them. And they're, they're problem solvers by nature. In fact, Edward de Bono called these guys the lateral thinkers. Mm. And they're not concerned with messy details. They really just want the bottom line and then to be allowed to go and play an experiment. So mm. you're a communicator and you understand this and you've got a sense by team, department, division, et cetera, of your organization you can tailor not only the tempo of the message, the timber, the depth, the expansiveness of the message, but also the specific words that you use in your messaging, like don't use the word idea with past thinkers. Mm. Don't use the word research with future thinkers. Try not with present thinkers to say, don't know when we're doing this sort of thing. Does, is this making some sense? Yes, absolutely, yeah. And and I'm just, I'm th I guess from a pragmatic perspective, I'm thinking, oh, so would we have three different types of communications or would we blend these three different because i guess if you're saying you know idea would immediately uh, you know potentially phase someone who was maybe more uh, past thinking and and therefore in fact might kind of overly constrain someone who's a future thing would it be a case that we would have to differentiate our communications for each of those three audience and only serve it to them in the way they want it or that we would blend that uh, those different messages within the same communication i guess it's again that might be context okay, specific yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a great question because really, I mean, which one do you go, which path do you go down? So the, the path of blending them together ends up looking a little bit like democracy. Yeah. Nobody ever is fully satisfied with what they get. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never fully satisfied. So in other words, it's a watered down version of what's good for everybody, but no yeah. one gets the full go. On the other hand, this individuated or individualized or targeted messaging, if you're set up for it, and most modern organizations are, quite frankly, I mean, we're, we're using digital communications all of the time. Mm. So if you're set up for it, I'd go for that one every single time and not be lazy. Because mm. the difference in effect in engagement, literally reaching them, convincing them, and getting them to action is so, so big mm. that to ignore it is, is it's really to tie your legs together and hobble your, your mm. efforts. Mm. And, and 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 from your experience with this because again i mean again without making any crass assumptions do you find tend to find that leadership teams are by their nature maybe more future focused and that then sometimes it's more of a, a challenge to educate them to sort of think about the language that they're using and and the mindset that they've adopted and not assume that everybody in the organization is as sort of future thinking as they are is that is that a challenge that you sometimes face in organizations 
Yes. I, you know, Craig, I think we have to be realistic and understand because organizations is an all-encompassing world. So if we're talking about the NHS, I'd go, mm. no, 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 mm. no, 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 no. Mm. I don't think the NHS is necessarily led by very future thinking no, types. I concur. Yeah. On the other hand, if you're thinking about uh, Tesla. Yeah. 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 Very, very modern, very, very avant-garde. Um, yeah. So it, Richard Branson's companies, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Very future thinking. Yeah. So it really de depends on the domain. Put it this way. The more authority an organization seems to have, perceptual authority, in the marketplace, the more likely that organization is to have leadership which is more past thinking. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because the culture, it, you know, you can see from the outside, you can go, oh, I mean, anything that Richard Branson sort of touches looks futuristic mm. in, the, in the sense of uh, mental, temporal uh, domain. It's sort of like, wow, yeah, it's all go, 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 literally his words. Mm. Um, whilst if you listen to Sir, and I forget his name, NHS, you do not mm. get the sense of someone who's flighty no. or just no. going like, oh, it's Mars. Let's send a rocket there. Yeah. This yeah. is a person who's pragmatic, down-to-earth, science-driven, data-driven, and making very, very, very big decisions that have huge, huge consequences for lots and lots of people. Yeah. Thank God. Thank yeah. God they're not the future uh, thinkers. Absolutely, yeah. I, I always, um, you know, I, when, when I, I, I sometimes run workshops and we do talk about optimism and pessimism and, and, and the, the, the immediate assumption is that pessimistic people are, and, you know, as we kind of – no, we're not talking about that here, but, but it can be seen as like, you know, uh, laggards and, and dragging us back and, you know, optimistic is seen as, is seen as a, a positive trait. But, uh, you know, I always say, you know, would you rather have a pessimistic or an optimistic pilot flying your plane? I know <laughs> I, would, I, I would choose. Um, <laughs> You're so right. And, you know, I think we, we live in a very strange times because, um, well, a few years ago when I was growing up, I think we lived in a much more pessimistic oriented, and let's call it skeptical, let's call mm. it a judicious, let's call it uh, balanced, uh, weighing the pros and cons, uh, cautious, uh, all of those leading up to this sort of like skepticism, but it was sound leadership. It was mm. sound leadership in that yeah. sense. Yeah. And we culturally have moved to this sort of cult of CEOs and we've moved yeah. to this cult of organizations. Yeah. I mean, business was not exactly highly regarded back in the 60s and 70s as I was growing up. It was one of like, oh, you're going to be a businessman? Yeah. Mm. Mm. But yeah. today, oh, oh, you're an entrepreneur. Oh, well, then you're okay then, aren't you? Yes. So uh, yeah, yeah. I think human uh, – well, human I, – I think our societal perceptions have changed around – this whole question, and I, and I think that we have over-celebrated now. We've gone the other end of the swing of the pendulum yeah. into a sense of like, yeah, the rah-rah, go-go-go, hopeful, yeah. Yeah. enthusiastic, super optimistic, uh, the, what I would call all of this exuberant kind of leadership. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think can make everything quite toxic because – it really doesn't speak to two thirds of the market or two thirds of your organization. Usually, I agree. I, I just bought my wife um, uh, Susan Kane's book "Quiet" for for, for Christmas. I'm maybe mm -hmm. may familiar with it, but it's similar mm -hmm. to what you're saying there. I, I found that fascinating as an extrovert reading a book about introversion. You, you know, the fact that you know back in the um, in the Victorian times or you know the Industrial Revolution, you know, quietness and reservedness was seen as a positive trait, whereas now we kind of see it as a you know, as you say, the cult of personality. It, it's all about you know up on stage being charismatic and i'm right. not saying that's a bad thing either but it, 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 no, it's, it's about not. balance it's it's about and, and craig i think this is this is ultimately the point look we live in a world that is constantly constantly dichotomizing every situation mm. 
dichotomies yeah. are dangerous. They create rivalry Absolutely. and in the end separation. We, Absolutely. Have a 50, 50, we live in a 50-50 world, politically mm. and otherwise. Yeah. So how about this? How about we start trichotomizing? Mm. How might we start to see the world not as more or less of one thing, but of three things that actually blend together to create some really sound wisdom, yeah. Yeah. past, yeah. present, and future? We are yeah. all valuable. Everyone has value to bring. The question is, are we grown up and mature enough in ourselves to sit and listen to things that we may not agree with, does not yeah. sound like us, that yeah. doesn't make us comfortable? I think we need to grow up a little bit. Yeah, stop trying to be so right all the time, and uh, yeah. and, and accept that you, you know there are other. You're a part of, of the picture. You're not the other whole versions. Picture. You never were. Other yeah. legitimate versions of reality and the truth that uh, we need to sort of acknowledge. So, absolutely. So, yeah. uh, John, you, you talked about um, measuring this and how organisations can start to map out uh, the 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 the. the, the the distribution of these different traits or not traits sorry that's the wrong word but these 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 characteristics three what, dimensions yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's see how easy it's to slip into that um, but yeah but but to tell us a little bit more about about that diagnostic because we're also going to uh, make an offer to to the listener as well to actually uh, see, see map out their own uh, and, and our our general population of listeners to find out whether we've got past present or future uh, listeners on the on the show so tell us a little bit about the diagnostic and then we'll talk a little bit about the uh, the, 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 the way that our listeners can uh, ac access it. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. So diagnostic, look, very simple. We have a, a survey uh, online, digital, uh, in lots of different languages. And the uh, every, what we call the everyday version has 18 statements. Takes about three and a half to four minutes for someone to complete average time. Very yeah. accurate, high validity, lots of science done behind it. We do just, by the way, if you're a university listening to this, a university professor or a university leader, and you want to use this, we also have the scientific version of it, which has 45 statements, and it is quintessentially accurate. It's beautiful, but mm. not, not, not necessary to burden people with that length of an assessment day to day. So uh, we will be giving, as you said, a, a URL and people, listeners can go and ask their friends as well to take the survey and you get a really a, a lovely report because the report's not just sort of like a 16 personalities. Look, we can talk to you because you're an extrovert. So we'll talk about extroverts. You're a this, there we'll talk about that. It's not that. In our results report, we try to help people to learn and understand the foundations that make them the way that they are. Mm. And we do that by validating what we believe are their behavioral traits so that they're not only just getting a mirror, oh, yes, that's me, gosh, gee whiz. It's more of a, oh, oh, that's interesting. That's why I am the way I am and how I can use it in my life. Mm. So that's what the results report is about. And as you mentioned, I mean, the, the diagnostics, we have other diagnostics that we use. And on our YouTube channel, Mindtime YouTube channel, we've got lots of fun videos, both for just everyday personal use, but also corporate types okay. that talk about the yes, no diagnostic and the concrete abstract diagnostic, because Mindtime is all about finding out what's really going on here, mm. both at the individual level, but of course, at the uh, at scale with, with organizations. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I, and I haven't actually completed the, the the diagnostic yet, so I'm I, I I'm looking forward to doing that. And um, so and it's free. It's completely free. Just to just to be clear, there, John. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, case, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and in fact, uh, if, if people would like to point to their head, mentally point to their head, and then point to their timepiece, their watch, mm. mind, time. Well, that's it. 
That's what yeah. you have to remember. Point your head, point to your wrist, and <laughs> mindtime.com is yeah. the URL that you go to to do this. Okay. And we'll pop that into the into the show notes, which you can get on our website, uh, thebigpicturepeople.co.uk, uh, on this particular episode. And you can, you, can, uh, you can access the show notes, and we'll put the URL in there if you are listening to this while you're out and about, and you can, you can find it through there. So that's that's fantastic. And that just so again, just John, just to be clear on that, that will give them an individual diagnostic. And then what we're going to do is, depending on how many responses we get, we, we might put together a little report that we can send out in our newsletter to our listeners, uh, giving them a kind of a breakdown of, of who's listening to the show and what their uh, what, what their preferences are Yeah, in that respect. Yeah. And, and Craig, we're going to do something a little bit fun because what we're doing, we're going to add four or five little poll items to yes. the diagnostic, yeah. which really explore uh, individuals' attitudes towards change. Yes. So um, when, okay. we've got, when we've got some folks taking this, we, we do need to have a few take it so we get something which is statistically significant. But when we've got that, we generate these beautiful, beautiful thermo maps inside the MindTime map. And it really is telling. It really is telling how thinking really is at the foundation. It's at the yeah. foundation of how we form our opinions, our sentiments and feelings about all sorts of things, including change. So th- those will be fun to share with people. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for that, John. That's really appreciated. And, and uh, yeah, Jill, if, you, if you're listening to this while you're running or in the gym or in the car, just make a mental note, as John said, point to your head, point to your watch. And when you get back, uh, have a go at the diagnostic, fill it in. That will help us and we can you know, provide some new thought leadership for you for, as an internal communicator, employee engager, and you can kind of see where you fit against your peers in, in our community and of listeners as well. So that's that's absolutely fantastic. Um just 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 to sort of bring things to a conclusion, John, just just practical practical tips. So I'm thinking, you know, when you were talking earlier about this, um you know the past, present, and future. Uh, you know, just just to think how how uh, for, for, and you did say there that you you know as, as internal communicators, we do need to probably differentiate those to our audiences and not just kind of you know give them a kind of vanilla communication that's got a little bit of everything in there. Just just some practical tips. So if I'm you know I'm working in a big organization, you know I've got various tools at my disposal: Yammer, Microsoft Teams, and email, and and other other things. But also you know we may have a, a more kind of face-to-face uh you know kind of get together a more organic way of communicating as well what what, what might i do once i've got some of this in, these insights into my organization and also maybe my own bias perhaps which i think is a, a, be a useful way of thinking about this is mm-hmm. how can i then think to say okay what can i do practically in order to make sure that i'm embracing the, the this idea and, and and making sure that we're, we're we're taking our people with us in whatever you know frame of mind or, or whether they're past present or future thinkers we, we're, we're kind of inclusive and, and taking everybody on the same journey i think what comes to mind for me craig is this if we're serious about what we're doing and i believe that your listeners are as serious as anybody about what they're doing and they want to engage people they want to communicate effectively and they want to help change happen in an effective way so if we are we can't just sort of tip our head or not our, not ourselves had to to like oh we did that checkbox you know i looked at my text it should be it should be okay i think what we can do is really hone the mental muscle of awareness that allows us to write more intuitively to the audience we're trying to reach, no matter which of the mediums we're using, whether it's face-to-face or written communication or on our broadcast or our podcasts, we, we can really start to think and be very mindful of the words that we're choosing and the impact that they may have. 
Mm. Um, I, I really think it behooves us to slow ourselves down just a little bit and to check what we're about to say, not just the sentiment, but the literal words we're going to use to see, will, will those land for the people I'm trying to reach? And this is, this is the mental muscle. Developing the awareness of your audience by simply applying the yes, no, concrete, abstract uh, dynamics. I mean, mm. if you literally... I think all of us could sit down and go like, what was the last meeting I was in? Okay. Who do I feel in that meeting would be likely to be on the, no, I need to know more information side of the equation and yeah. who would be on the yes. All right. Start there. If, 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 because if you can start to register that about the people around you that you know, friends, family, colleagues, et cetera, if you can start to develop this mental muscle, very quickly, you're going to go like, ooh, this communication is primarily for the engineers doing the software patches for the new telecom system. Mm. Yeah. That should tell me something. Yeah. That should tell me something. And in fact, it, it can tell you that what you need to do is to entirely configure your mental thoughts. And you mentioned a very good word just now, bias, personal bias. Mm. Look, a communicator is a thinking being. When I, when I was working with the internal communicators at Federal Express in Memphis in the, in the United States, it, it was probably the biggest aha moment. And these are good professionals. These are really great, great professionals at what they do. But it was a big aha moment when they learned of their own thinking style and how it, it appeared in the stylization of their writing mm. in the words that they would choose to use. Mm. And I was like, a, whoa, we need to take a step back. The first filter, the first thing we need to do is a diagnostic on ourselves. Yeah. And to understand that we are biased in the way that we actually communicate to preference of certain kinds of words, sentence structures, paragraph lengths, et cetera, et cetera. So this is, if you want to get really good at this, of course, it's going to take some practice. But if you, if you want to taste it, you can do it tomorrow morning. Mm. This is not rocket science. This is very, very straightforward human communications, but with a scientifically proven model behind it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we did to work with some game designers a few years ago, and one of the things you've got to be very careful of when you're designing games is this kind of thing called self-hugging, which is, you know, you design you design games you would like to play yourself, but not necessarily anybody else would like to. And it's very, you know, and again, it's 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 that being aware of your own. You know, we all do it, don't we? We 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 kind of communicate. Yeah, it's almost like if you if you like your own writing, not probably not writing for anybody else. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, ab absolutely, absolutely. Well. Look, look, John, that's been really, really insightful. And I really, I really like this, uh, you, you know, it, it kind of correlates with a lot of my own experience. It's a different, it's a different way of looking at it, but you know, my experience of, of, of change and particularly around the fact that, you know, not everybody in organizations is, is as enthusiastic about things as you are for legitimate reasons, because you, you know, that, 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 and I, I, you know, we've, I've, I've heard this sort of in, in, in other forms before in terms of, you know, other, um, ways of presenting it but i really like this 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 idea of yes no abstract abstract concrete and um and what i'll do is you mentioned your youtube channel so i'll put a link into the uh, show notes i'll put a link in for your your linkedin profile which i assume is okay for people who want to reach mm -hmm. out to you directly yeah um i'll put a link if you we'll get the link for your youtube channel is there any other resources that you'd like to other than the diagnostic that we're going to make available to uh, the listeners anything else that you'd like me to point to yeah actually to? um there is there's one little thing we're, we're having a, a lot of fun creating a self-guided um, team experience where they can apply these yes no dynamic and the concrete abstract in fact there's another two missing link and vital link which are really really important yeah so we're in the process of creating an automated team 
building experience and automated, self-directed, I meant. Okay. And um, what I am doing in the meantime to test some of this content and to have some fun and, and frankly, to also to just practice the, 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 the content is we're inviting uh, some teams, a limited number of teams to actually have me do a 90-minute webinar okay. to actually take them through these four diagnostics. So um, I'm going to put a link in there for everybody that they can go and read. There's a little PDF flyer that we put up um, calling, it talks about thinking in sync and okay. how, do we, how do we get in sync with each other. And so um, that's that's another one of the, the okay. resources we can put up. Splendid. And by the way, the website's got lots of science papers. It's got lots and lots of stuff at, at mindtime.com. It's, it's rich. Okay. Well, I'll, we'll put a link into that as well. And then people can, uh, our listeners, are, 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 a lot of them, I think, are uh, like, like, you know, like to uh, accumulate uh, ideas, tips, there were bits of resources and that sort of thing, so it's always useful. I think if we can give them more, more than uh, than they may not be able to consume, so they can they can they can choose uh, which of those they want to have a look at. So we'll put those links into uh, into the show notes as well, John, as well as the link to the the survey as well that you very kindly offered to make available. So um, that's been absolutely brilliant, John. I've really enjoyed talking to you. It's been really insightful. I think we've got a you know a really different perspective because we, we we've covered lots of things on the podcast over the years and and a lot of it can be very much you know the sort of you know tips and techniques around using particular platforms and that sort of thing but to come at this from a really scientific and, and humanistic way i think is really really useful and particularly when we're talking about change and and how we need to really tune our language into to what people um, want to hear and need to hear in order to be able to them to, to, to buy into our change now. I think it's really useful, John. So I'm really, really That's grateful. Great. Craig, it's been my absolute pleasure. And I've just had my producer actually sort of flag something, which was at, at mindtime.com slash the big picture people. Yeah. Actually, that's where the survey is going to be. So that's, that's where it will be. If, if people are like on their bike right now or in their car and just listening to this and, and got nothing to write it down on, mindtime.com slash the big picture people will get you there. Wonderful. Wonderful. It's always good to have a simple URL. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't get simpler. Right. Well, I'll let you go out to rainy, uh, rainy Greece and I'll get back to snowy, yeah. the northeast Ooh. of England. And uh, oh, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, well, well, that's been absolutely fantastic, John. Take care. I wish you all the best for, for 2022. I think we're all looking yeah, forward too. to hopefully, uh, regardless of whether we're past, present or future, hopefully a little bit of a different 2022 from the last two years that we've had. So absolutely. Uh, yeah. may, may it be blessed and fun and safe for everybody. Truly, truly. Okay. Thank you, John. Take care. All right. You're welcome. You too. Bye bye. So thank you very much for listening to Engaging Internal Comms. We hope you found this episode useful and interesting. We'd uh, love to get your thoughts about the show and any questions you have or ideas for topics that you'd like to maybe cover in future episodes. You can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can get in touch with us via the contact form at engagingic.com. You can also sign up for our mailing list there and we'll send you relevant news about the show, future episodes, and we'll also let you know about anything interesting we found out about internal communications and employee engagement. Uh, if you like the show and you haven't already done so, please subscribe to it via your podcast service. And you can also subscribe via the links on our podcast page, which again is engagingic.com. If you like the show, we'd be really grateful if you could leave us a review. And if you know anyone else who might be interested in the show or might benefit from it, please let them know. Please share it with them and share them the uh, with them the links to the show and engagingic.com. Thank you very much. Thank you.